0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Deep Dives with Tramika Benjamin, workforce development miniseries. Today, I've got a treat. I absolutely love talking to this gentleman. So my guest is Dr. Michael McDonough. He's going to talk to us a little bit about what's happening at NJCC Consortium, and he's going to talk about this pathways model that he's scaled out, him and the consortium, have been able to scale out at a state level to really, really raise the stakes with the New Jersey pathways to career opportunities. It's amazing what it's done to provide statewide benefits to colleges, employers, and most importantly, students. He has some really good insight, and I can, I'm can. i just gonna tell you, I could have talked to him all day. He's gonna talk about some of the strategies too of not only did we build this, how did we build it? What did we do to build it? How did we attract students? How did we really draw the line to measure value from that student receiving that certificate all the way through to improving and proving to workforce and industry that all of these partnerships that we have in place are worth it. So, you're in for a treat. Sit down, have a cup of coffee, take a listen, because we're about to dive in. So, Dr. McDonough, thank you so much for this time. And before I get too far in it, are you okay with me calling you Mike? Oh, please. Okay, perfect. So, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking the time out of WDI to just sit in here and have this conversation that, number one, I was... So I was hoping you would agree to do this, but you, know, you never know. It's a 50-50 shoot, and it's just an extreme honor to have this time with you. Oh, I'm
1: happy to be here. Thank so you.
0: One of the things that was the most important to me um, to talk to you about is all of the work that you've done surrounding this guided pathways, but into the workforce space. So before I get into that, because I really want to spend a lot of time with it, I want to ask something that I ask every single person that I'm interviewing for this mini-series is this. Why do you think workforce is such has so much limelight now?
1: I think there's a number of issues. I think the critical labor market demand we're facing. I think we're also recognizing that workforce lets us reimagine our institutions. You know, for too long, I think we've considered our colleges as having separate halves over here Mm -hmm. as academic. and, And that's simply not the reality. We're at a critical moment, I think, in higher education in America. I know everybody says that. But it's true more than ever now. I really sense it. And I think workforce What I see in workforce, those public-private partnerships, Mm -hmm. those pathways, the collaborative nature, I I think that's our future. I think that will let us, in powerful ways, reimagine how students access, experience, and benefit from post-secondary education.
0: Do you think that the fact that our community is, we're getting less and less of those K-12 students. And our students are becoming far more complex because they're non-traditional.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: they've had some type of college. Right. Um, they're trying to upskill. What role are you seeing that play in the college that
1: you lead? So I think understanding all of those particular student cohorts is critical. We've got to revitalize the K-12 pipeline, no question. Mm-hmm. And by the way, as a nation, it's critical that we do that. People are not going to post secondary education. That's a significant problem it's for us. It's a major problem. And so, gig work? These, oh, oh. If we are to maintain our global competitiveness, if we are to maintain our very basic democracies, you absolutely need a, a population that has some post secondary credential. I'm not saying everybody needs a four year degree. In fact, that's part of the problem. So let me go back to your question which was which is the perceptive question. We've got to anticipate new K through 12 populations. We've got the returning adult population who've got debt, who've got families, who've got life concerns. What do they want from my mm-hmm. institution?
0: And sometimes it takes longer.
1: Absolutely. Then eight,
0: then two to four years. It takes shorter. Sorry, it's shorter than two to four years. It,
1: it is, and they want it on time, and they want they want a seven week semester. Right. Why do they want a fifteen week semester? Right. They want to be able to move on once they've demonstrated mastery. That, by the way, to go back to your other question. That's why workforce has a profound influence on what we're doing, because it's experiential learning, it's prior learning assessment, it's accelerated learning, it's accumulating credentials, Mm -hmm. badges, it's taking a course and leaving and working and coming back and upskilling. It makes the institution a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week, responsive, student-centered institution. We're also looking at an incarcerated population. So we have a significant prison population. How do we best prepare those students upon release? How do we work on recidivism? Workforce is an answer, but it's got to be authentic workforce. It's got to provide those students with meaningful, sustainable, and enriching careers. We're the solution, and the community college sector is the only agile sector doing that, right? right? It's veterans who are coming out of service. How do we position those people to re-enter civilian life? It's immigrant population. It's low-income students. It's students of color. Workforce can advance incredible equity and social justice issues.
0: And you know, at NJCC, you have something that I talked about earlier, how you've brought. So at SWIM, we, we always talk about this The fact that pathways starts at the, the beginning, at the moment that you're recruiting students, you should really start to build and put them on the proper path from there. You know, a lot of institutions start over in academic affairs and build it and they will come. And that's just not how the world works, right? It's it not isn't. this after thought that, oh, by the way, we might as well make, make all the colors look the same when we deal with enrollment. But what you've done, and it's so fascinating to me at NJCC, is you've doubled down on it. You said, no, 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 no. I don't want just recruiting. I want to take it all the way through to this ecosystem of learning. And I want to take this Pathways model into workforce. So what I want to spend time with you on is, first of all, explain what this model looks like before I start asking you all the
1: the goodies. So I think your use of the word ecosystem is exactly right. What we wanted to do was to create a workforce model that was statewide, that made all of the 18 community colleges collaborative partners, and to build an ecosystem that provided a place for K-12, through for the community colleges, for the employers, wow. for the government. And more importantly for the students, multiple on-ramps, multiple off-ramps, opportunities to sample what careers are out there, right? One of the big problems that we encounter with our students is they don't know what they don't know. So you have to find ways of bringing them into that ecosystem. We also wanted an ecosystem that was data-driven right. so that we were preparing students for jobs that actually exist and could support a family in New Jersey. That's got to be, right, that's tremendously important. We live in a state, unfortunately, that's got a very high cost of living. We have to provide those pathways to, to life-sustaining wages.
0: How On earth, did you and your team know who to bring to the table with work like this?
1: Uh, That's a really interesting question. And I think what what happened is that as we began to launch the idea, Mm -hmm. so many people reached out to us.
0: And when you say launch the idea... Just put out into the universe within your community, we have to just solve this workforce issue to make sure Correct. multiple people are at the table. Correct.
1: And I right, I think there's various motives that people right. had. Right, right, right. Some colleges saw this as perhaps the last opportunity to rescue their institutions. There were some industries with such a critical need that you know, if you take the healthcare industry and move away from the traditional nursing or or other roles, you know, medical lab technologists, diagnostic technicians, there's a dramatic shortage of those folks. That is going to impact healthcare in this country in such profound ways. Right. So, a company like Labcorp came to the table and said, "We can't recruit. Please help us build a talent pipeline. We're thrilled to be in that position. So, wow! Literally, we would hold these summits throughout the state, and everybody showed up, and that really fueled the beginning of it. So, it when you made say
0: when you say we, Mike, are you talking about NJCC? Yes,
1: I'm talking okay. about. So, so I think you know the president is Aaron Fickner, mm-hmm. an enormously talented. He was the former uh, commissioner of labor in the state. I mean, he had a real vision, and there were some other uh, real leaders in this field. It was a lot of people working very hard. I mean, certainly, this is not my idea, Um, and and they did an awful lot of work.
0: So you've brought you, meaning, you know, NJCC put this out into the universe. You started to have business and industry, you know, come to you to say, how can I contribute? For whatever reasons, guess what? At the end of the day, if it lives the mission of the college— I can rock with you however you come. I'll get you to where I need you to be, right? So you have all of these people at the table now. How did you align their needs and how did you and the institution align the needs of business and industry with the needs of what's happening inside of the institution at NJCC, especially as it as it pertains to pathways? How did y'all bucket all those together? To align that work, and you're smiling. Why
1: are you smiling? I because there's there's some kind of alchemy that takes place, yes. right? So I'm not sure I can tease it apart like right, that. Right, right, right. But I think what what helped is we started to we started to group together the the people that had come to us. So we quickly identified ten pathways, hmm. and so we identified these ten pathways associated with big industry sectors. So the advanced manufacturing pathway. And then we decided, so statewide, how would we begin to address that need? And so we hit upon the idea of we will fund and set up 10 centers of workforce innovation.
0: And when you say we- NJCC? Yes. Okay. And I just want to keep asking that to make sure. No, 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 listeners- no. And,
1: and, and you're right to do that. So it's the New Jersey Council. There's also another entity that I chair called the NJCCC Workforce Consortium. Mm-hmm. So that has an executive uh, committee. And that executive committee, which is four or five other presidents, worked very closely with, with, and with Aaron and his staff to build these 10 centers to fund them and then to decide and then your critical question is so but but how did you untangle right correct well that's well I still think we're untangling it but I think what we did was this number 1 we are building a statewide data ecosystem so that we're all on the same page so that we're all accessing the same data both from what's the labor market need How many graduates are we turning out? What's the retirement rate look like? What's the all of that data is now we're building. Right. And we want to make that as easily accessible as possible. You know, your comment before, we would build things and hope people would show up, right? (laughs) Yeah. But that's, you know, the funny part of that is that's so accurate. That's what we did. It's the field of dreams mentality, right? For higher (laughs) education. Exactly. I don't have the resource to do that anymore. We simply can't do that. So the data piece was first, and then we wanted an inventory of all the curricular pieces that we had. And, you know, community colleges, you know, it's funny, right? We all guard very protectively. So protective. That's not going to work anymore. No. And the reason it's not going to work, and it was so quick to see this, even our critics, the need is so great that one college can't do it. So my college is housed in the center of the pharmaceutical industry in the United States. We've got Janssen, we've got Roche, we've got Johnson & Johnson right across from the college. Their need, as they expand into gene therapy and other biopharmaceutical manufacturing processes, uh, Raritan Valley alone, we're not even going to scratch the surface. Why wouldn't we open the door? to all of our partners and say, let's all collaborate here, serve the needs of our students, serve the economic needs of our state, and sustain these businesses and industries.
0: And I know you think, well, most would think that that's an easy thing to do. And it's the hardest thing because guess what? Higher education, and especially community colleges to your point, they don't share. No, By basis of the way that funding is structured, it creates an environment where We compete against one another. That's right. And rising tides float all boats. Because guess what? If you have the ability to build an infrastructure for me to bring more students to do and use assets that I already
1: have, everyone wins. Right. So two things to that. Number one, if I don't then advocate to the state to change their policies, Mm -hmm. shame on me. And I think we're at a point now where we're going to engage the state in much more meaningful policy conversation. Because that kind of state allocation based on enrollment or some other artificial metric, that's got to stop. Got to stop. And the second thing, our students are way ahead of us. They're already finding creative ways to work around our antiquated course model.
0: Mike. Literally, you are literally preaching right now. That is absolutely true. Because not only are students ahead of us, business and industry is ahead of us. Absolutely. Because if we take too long to figure this out- They'll do it. They will create their own certificate systems. Oh, absolutely. Because newsflash, they already are.
1: Absolutely.
0: You know, So it's really amazing that y'all have really started to bring this state together to have those hard conversations of how can we align our needs and make sure that everybody wins.
1: So Absolutely.
0: Okay, so you threw it out to the universe. They raised right. their hands. I'm ready. Let's figure it out. What is it going to look like? Y'all work together, multiple workshops, right. multiple centers throughout the state yeah. to build these pathway infrastructure. How many pathway um, we, did you say? We,
1: we have 10 pathways.
0: Okay, so 10 pathways. Right. So what does that look like? So now it's built. Now it's What built. does it look like for NJCC to go out and get And pull through. What does that look like?
1: So each center, somebody owns that center. Mm -hmm. They own how that center progresses, how it builds its own ecosystem. And some are doing very well, and they're way ahead, and some are struggling. Still figuring it out. That's right. So what it looks like is this. We set some benchmarks early on. So we said things like, You're going to provide for us in two months an inventory of all the credentials that we're offering in this space. You're going to then provide an inventory of labor market projections in this space. Then you're going to tell us how many students you've got in the pipeline. You're going to tell us how many partnerships you have in that pipeline. And then you're going to tell us how you are going to address both the deficiency in the pipeline. And, you know, we all imagine that the students are just lining up out the door. That's I don't what, know. <laughs> that's one of the hardest parts of this is literally recruiting Finding the them. talent pipeline and then retaining them. And by the way, this, this, this ecosystem, you know, one of the interesting, I think, future possibilities for us here in the biopharmaceutical space especially if you're training workers for clean room technology, Mm -hmm. those workers last less than nine months in those jobs because of the nature of the work. But I also think there's something missing in the way they train those workers.
0: When they start there. Yes.
1: So I think one of the new relationships we can forge in a lot of these pathways is not only preparing students for that first job, But how do we provide those students with that inventory of skill, all the non-cognitive stuff, all the teamwork, the stamina, the grit, the problem-solving, all of that? How do we equip them to then successfully propel themselves through that career? I would like to get to a point where we say to some of these very large corporations, if you give us your recruitment, marketing, and training dollars— we can do it we will, we will take that over for you not only that we'll build a center on our campus that's a business center you'll have your name tag right up there and that's your that's your main recruiting point right there wow. and we'll take care of that for you so
0: okay so we've we've gone through the entire cycle how do we get the students now Those students stay, they receive their certifications, or they receive whatever accolade that they needed or whatever credentials they needed to pursue um, to their next step. How do you convey back to business and industry that the value of the work?
1: So that's the data piece, right? We have now got to and and let's be honest. We have not done a great job on longitudinal data studies of our students. For lots of reasons, some of which are ours and- Some of which is just the
0: industry. That's right.
1: And the pandemic has not helped. The pandemic has not helped. And unlike medical records, there's no unique student identification number. For example, we would do salary surveys of our students six months after graduation based on a survey. Maybe the data's good. Maybe it's not. Maybe they're telling us the truth. Exactly. Maybe they're not. That's right. Right. So, and I think in collaboration with those companies, we want to also develop metrics that are just much more than 87% completed the program, of the 87%, 92 got that job. We want to track that in a much more robust way.
0: What how have they progressed in their professional how career? How long have they been exactly? exactly, exactly yeah,
1: the last thing, yeah. right? Or oh, yeah. well, not the last thing, perhaps the first thing. We want to really start to disaggregate workforce student data. Who are we actually teaching? But maybe much more importantly, who are we not reaching? Who is not in our program?
0: You know what I've always thought to be interesting? You know, if you, you know, we have organizations like the Clearinghouse where we're able to have some type of directionally correct information to determine what's going on with our four credit students. Yeah. But then when we think about this workforce model, not even at a state level, like where can I get single source of truth of information for our students that are taking some form of certificate or degree? It's just a very hard thing to find throughout any specific state. It is. To your point. So sorry for interrupting you.
1: No, no, I... I think that's a great point. There's no single source for any of the stakeholders in our Mm -hmm, pathways, mm -hmm. right? There's no single source for the K through 12 folks. Yes. It's critical for them to know the outcomes of of their students. There's no single source for for us, for the community colleges, for employers, for the state, for all of those associations now that are getting involved in this. All of the sort of professional associations. So the you've got you know the chemical engineers are coming in. Um, all of those wonderful organs, The unions are now part right. of this, right? Yes. So how do we blend apprenticeship learning? Where's the data on on that? it's not there. Right. So,
0: so what does this mean for, you know, as president of RVCC? What does this mean? This this relationship of every single thing that's happening with JCC, how does it all tie into this ongoing unspoken sometimes belief that if a student is considered a workforce student. They are thereby competing with four credit programs, which for the record, I completely disagree with this belief. But how? what does this mean? Because obviously you have a responsibility as president as well as vice chair of this organization. So what does this look like?
1: So first of all, you're absolutely right. And it's, it's a false dichotomy. Absolutely. Right. We yes. Always, and so it always gets framed as an argument for various reasons, right? As a, well, it's it's this or it's this. It's either or. It's not. It's both. And I think what some of my colleagues are not seeing is the opportunity to revolutionize our traditional academic programs. Look, in all fairness, I'm a very traditional academic person. I have academic credentials. I was a faculty member for 20 years, teaching a very narrow, arcane literary subject, right? I value the liberal arts. It cannot stay the way it is. And what I'm saying is, if we start to provide students with multiple ramps, with multiple pathways that allow them to create such a rich tapestry, they will be stronger The companies they work for will be stronger, and we will be a much better nation. It's
0: interesting that you keep saying the word ramps. I smile because, you know, when I think about the workforce model, we get these funnels, right? They're like, right. here's the line. The line starts with workforce right. and then it does this in the funnel on the side with four credit. And for me, I think about it almost as one of those spaghetti highways and being from New Jersey, you know exactly what I'm talking oh. about. Um, there's so many on-ramps. There's Absolutely. so many off-ramps and people come in so many different states, whether it's upskilling, whether it's people that's just trying to get, you know, that's two right. seven-week classes to get a certificate and get out of there and go start working. And so I really, really, value that you have created an infrastructure at RVCC to understand that a student is not a nice pretty bow that starts at the application phase and then works (laughs) through to graduation. How I wish. In approximately two and a half years. Congratulations, Jane and John Doe, right? No. As a matter of fact, those are very few and far between, myself included, that just didn't happen that
1: way. Of course, of course. And
0: I really appreciate and applaud the work that you're doing of driving the importance of workforce. Because one of the things... You know, as a person that consults within higher education, if I had to think about what keeps me up at night, it's the constant competition with gig work, right? Because why would you not do it? Why would you not do it? Sure. You know, a bird in the hand is better than two in the bush, especially if you have to deal with financial aid, fighting with them for 45 minutes and advising, fighting with them for five days and seven weeks. Absolutely. Next thing you know, four years later, you still don't have an AA degree, right?
1: Absolutely.
0: And to your point, how... And this is a very abstract and difficult question, so don't hate me for asking it. How do college presidents and CEOs help the institutions that they serve understand we're not trying to throw the apple cart. We're trying to help everybody keep their jobs. And the way to keep your jobs is to respond to the industry needs. How do we do this?
1: So I think there's, well... (laughs) I don't know that I, well, I think there's a couple of things you can do. One, I think you have to keep repeating with clarity, with passion, the message. Right. And I think the message, and I am not a smart person, I think the message is really quite simple. We are at a critical moment. We can either continue to rearrange the deck chairs as we go down, or we can blow it up. Blow it up in an intentional, thoughtful, purposeful way, but blow it up. That's one. I think the other thing, and I mean this, I think we have done a poor job funding meaningful professional development for our faculty and staff. I could not agree more. I think many of our faculty and staff simply lack the professional growth to embrace change. So let's help them. Meaningful is the key word. Yeah.
0: Not just teaching on the exact curriculum, but the meaningful business acumen needed. Absolutely. In order to run an institution, not run an institution as a president, but to run their institution called the division of science or the division of math, whatever that is. Right.
1: And I also think, look, we've had, and again, this is, I have nobody in mind. The culture of our, our business sometimes, our sector, has right. been glacial. Yes. Sometimes when I go to a faculty member and say, well, just let's blow this up. Reimagine. What would you? There's a kind of look, which is, well, we don't do that. Right. Well, yes, we are going to start doing that. Right. And I think the next, right, I'm a dinosaur. We'll get a next generation of college leaders who will be able to juggle all of those streams coming into the institution. And by the way, let's remember, every stream coming in is a revenue stream. That is the lifeblood of the institution. And at the bottom line, my job is to make sure your paycheck doesn't bounce. It doesn't get any simpler than than that, that, right? Yes. And I'll give you one example of change and how it can happen. We have 103 students on campus right now who have intellectual and developmental disabilities. This is a whole generation of students that have been denied access to post-secondary education. We now have students with varying intellectual abilities on our campus taking non-credit, taking credit, and pursuing opportunities that all of our other students pursue. That's taken six or seven years to get to that point. So we've, we've wow. got to shorten that, right? Right. But we've got all of those student populations out there. And look, I think teaching is a vocation. I think it's where magic happens. But you've got to partner with us in making sure the magic continues. Right. Because if we're going to be still teaching English composition in a 15-week semester using Aristotle's heuristics, I think we're toast. You're absolutely right.
0: I have to say, my time with you, I could talk to you forever, (laughs) um, but my time with you has been valuable because you've been recognized as this builder and this consensus builder and this person that's built such critical pathways as it pertains to non-traditional students. So it's sincerely an honor to have this time uh-huh. with you, Mike. Well, thank um, you very it much. It doesn't hurt that you're a nice guy, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, and I could actually I'm just sit here and talk much, to you all not day. I'm sure about that. <laughs> <laughs> but- um, let me just tell you something. We're too close in age to call yourself a dinosaur, so I am officially <laughs> offended. Okay, um, and, <laughs> and thank you so much for your time. And I hope that you enjoy the rest of your time here at WDI.
1: Well, thank you so much. A pleasure to meet you and to listen to your thoughts as well. Thank you. Thank you. So
0: there you have it, Dr. Mike McDonough, Vice Chair of NJCC Consortium and President of Bergen Valley Community College. Listen, I hope you enjoyed this talk as much as I did. And thank you again, Mike, for your time and talking to us while you're here at AACC's WDI. It has been an absolute delight. And for the listeners, you can find all of Deep Dives with Trameka Benjamin episodes, not only just for the special workforce series, but also season one and two by going to www.deepdivestb.com Or if you're super trendy and you already listen to podcasts, you can listen to it on your very, very favorite podcast subscription service. And we are right there under Deep Dives with Trameka Benjamin. And I am positive you all are going to want to know more about what's going on at NJCCC. So check out njccc.org to hear more about what Mike and the rest of the consortium is doing. Thank you so much for listening and I can't wait for the next episode.